And hello, sports fans, and welcome to episode two of season number two of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. Don't forget, we drop episodes every Monday on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. And you can also find us on our other platforms such as Spotify, Google Podcast, and of course, at the Apple iTunes Store. Joining us today, normally you would associate this man as being one of the more, this man has <laughs> done a lot for the Rio Grande Valley community. He has uh, done a, a multitude of things. But one of the favorite things that I like about him is that he has now his own line of baseball gloves. And joining me from Rock Custom Gloves is another than Roque Cortinas. Roque, thanks for coming on, man. How are you today? Good, Ray. How you doing? It's all well, brother. So let me ask you, man. Let's get right into it. I've got to ask, how did this idea start of creating your own baseball gloves? Well, basically, uh, I guess through my through my playing days and uh, knowing a lot of people here and there, you know, kind of kind of got through that, got it going through that. I I I was playing ball in Mexico at the time, and uh, I saw a guy that had one, and I bought one for myself. And as and when I bought it, you know, I brought it back over here to to the states, and I just got a lot of people like asking me, "Hey, how can I get a glove like that?" And you know, so I kind of you know, researched it and, and was able to get in contact with somebody that I can, I can order some gloves and stuff. And, and, you know, it's pretty much by, by, uh, you know, friendships that I've made and, you know, baseball and coaching and, and then playing softball, slow pitch softball, just, uh, kind of took off, you know, it, it became just a little, a little bit of a hobby, you know, and now it's, it's kind of blown up into its own, uh, business, you know, it's, it's a pretty much a full-time thing. And, and how, how much time did it dedicate for you to like get in your first, like a set of orders? Like, were you like comfortable enough to like, Hey, maybe I can dedicate a little bit more time to it. And then maybe I can get the optimum results that I need here. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I said, it became, you know, started off, you know, a couple of buddies here and Hey, well, when I want a glove and, you know, kind of just, ordering a little bit at a time and and also thanks to social media you know started posting pictures here and and some web pages and stuff and and man it it kind of becomes something where uh, you know I get home from work and you know I got all these these uh messages that you know people ordering gloves and it, it it starts with that and placing orders and then getting them in and then having to ship them out I mean we've been blessed we've shipped gloves to uh Canada to Germany, you know, things like that. So it's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a full-time job. It's a full-time job. And, you know, right now I'm kind of doing it on my own, you know, I get a little help from, from the family and stuff, but it's, you know, so it, it takes, it's time consuming. And around what would be the turnaround time for like something that wants like an all out, a decked out, like custom glove, like say you want like a black leather, um, silver trimmings and basically how, how much does that run more or less? 
what I'm doing right now is, you know, price wise, you know, you know, I, I don't try to, I try to, I try to do something that's affordable, mm-hmm. you know, get a good quality glove, you know, of course, you know, nowadays, you know, your Wilson's, your Rawlings, you know, you're paying 300 above for a glove, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I try to keep it, you know, uh, uh, at a, at a price where, where anybody can get it. So we're at about for a full custom decked out pretty much whatever you want. I can make it. If you want to put 10 colors on it, I'll put 10 colors on it. Mm-hmm. We're at 150 bucks. And that's include that's including shipping and customized name number, you know, whatever. And our turnaround is, is we're pretty much always at about a month. Mm-hmm. That's what that's pretty much what it takes for for me to get the glove in my hand, and then I'll ship it out to you. And pretty but pretty much about a month. And with and with all this pandemic going on, how have you seen your, your sales uh, uh, been going through? I mean, I know baseball is one of those sports where you can be playing; it's socially distant and, and, and whatnot. Uh, how mm-hmm. have you been able to progress through the pandemic? You know what? The, it affected us more in the sense that, you know, my manufacturing company, it, it kind of, that's where we got a little bit affected. They had to shut down for for a little while because they weren't allowed to uh, to work, things like that. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, the sales just don't stop. You know, the baseball, baseball world, the softball world is 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 you know 100, 100 miles an hour you know like like i said we ship all over the all over the country so you know some places are still kind of playing you know still through this and some aren't so we haven't really seen a big drop in in sales it's taken a little bit longer maybe to get them done like we actually went up to i, I started saying we're going to take more like like six weeks to get a glove in but mm-hmm. um the actual sales you know it's it, it's been pretty steady uh, you know I, I have got to ask you know you you brought up the big name companies but for you for for yourself as as a the brand manager the ceo of, the, of this company i've got to ask any high profile names that you have made a glove for shipped out and, and gotten it delivered to yeah so so currently um Again, going back to my playing days, I, I was I was fortunate to play college ball at uh, in Kingsville, Texas A&M Kingsville, and uh, through a buddy, a teammate of mine, he's a Puerto Rican uh, uh, player that played there with me. He is currently a bench coach for the Toronto Blue Jays on the big league team. Uh, Hector LeBron is his name. He uh, he's pretty much. Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s kind of right-hand man. You know, he kind of, you know, Vladi, Vladi can't speak English. So this guy's kind of like his translator. He kind of, you know, takes some places and stuff like that. So uh, as a matter of fact, Vladi's ordered three gloves now that that uh, he has of ours. So Vladi gets three gloves, has, has three gloves. Uh, Marcus Stroman ordered a glove when he was with Toronto also. Uh, the head coach and the the bench coach have gloves, so we we got a, about I think about six guys in the Blue Jays, and and uh, Stroman actually got one when he left to the Mets. He liked it so much, he got one when he's at, when he's now currently with the Mets. The thing is that of course these guys signed big deals with Wilson and stuff like that, so they're not allowed to use them in actual games. So you know 
they use them more for practice gloves, you know, things like that, you know, before, before games, stuff like that. And I actually have some pictures of them using them and they love them. They said they love them for practice. They just can't, can't afford to use them in a game. And, and, you know, you, you bring up having those, those networks of having other players. And the other day I, I bumped into a, a picture of, of, of what you posted on the, on the Facebook page that you mm -hmm. provided one for one of the Atlanta Braves, uh, younger prospects. Correct. I'm like, wow. Like, Correct. That, that's, yes. that's legit right there. I mean, I mean, I, I myself, I'm in Atlanta Braves, friend, but, uh, but keep keeping it in, in the baseball talk. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on what, what did you make of this abridged season? Were you in favor or, or against uh, of some of these rules? Oh man, I mean, I, I guess you know, being a a baseball fan, you know, uh, I'm I was just kind of happy that we had a season period, you know. Uh, yeah, it was a little different, you know, with no no fans and no, no fans in the stadiums and things like that, and a lot of the rules that were out, you know. Um, but you know, honestly, like I just just being able to see baseball, you know. That, you know that's kind of enough for me. I know that I know uh, personally we got our season cut off last year at the high school level, so we've been out we've been out of it since last March, and like we we're dying to get back on there. We're gonna start this Friday coming up with our season, and we already have a lot of rules in place at our at our uh, at our level at the high school level. But you know it, it's things that you're like you know what it's it's worth the 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 precautions and sacrifices to just to be able to play, you know, so, you know, I was, I was good. I was good with it. I was good with it. Just happy to have baseball going. Do, do you enjoy the uh, doubleheader uh, seven innings at the professional level? Uh, that I, that I don't, I mean, and I guess just because, you know, we're accustomed to the, to the traditional way, you know, one nine inning game. So, uh, it, you know, it's different again. It's, it's not, not that I don't like it. It's just, I guess, you know, Old school, being old school, you kind of like that old that old feeling of the Miami game. And then I, I've got to ask, you know, a couple of days ago, I saw in a uh, recent television report through the through the the uh, northern Mexico media, the uh, Reynosa outlets, mm -hmm. that there's been talks about bringing back uh, professional baseball to Reynosa once again after it's failed at least three times within the last two decades. Correct. And, and what will it need for it to improve having that you've played in the Mexican league yourself? I mean, uh, Reynosa is just, is a, it's a big time baseball town, you know, um, you know, I've, 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 I got to play there a lot, you know, uh, growing up even as a as a teenager and you know Sunday leagues and stuff like that at every level and Reynosa's always been a, a very very passionate baseball town um I think personally I think um the way things were run by by the by management was a big reason for for it not succeeding you know for the downfall um I think that was probably the number one number one issue that they had going on there. Uh, I think that if 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 they get somebody that can can manage it differently and and have the best interest of the 
of the actual ball club and and you know its fans there's no reason why Reynosa can't be a you know a very very good city to have a professional baseball team it's 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 been proven in the past you know they've, they've had very very good crowds and and stuff and I just think they went through a little a little rut with uh people running it you know not having the best interest and 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 keeping it along the lines of, of the Mexican Baseball League with with uh, Nuevo Laredo and, Lare and Laredo, Texas, just sharing the ballparks. Do you think that's within that team's best interest or because there, there's been like rumors of it, like just getting out of town and relocating elsewhere? You know what? That's that's one thing that I don't I don't uh, I don't see. The reason why they do that, you know, I, I know it's maybe to try to get, of course, it's, you know, it's going to, it's a business, you know, maybe they're trying to get, you know, some more people out there and they feel that, that sharing, you know, sharing that, that team, you know, might help, but I, I, I didn't like that. I don't, I think, I don't think it, it worked. You know, I, I don't think it's, it's hard to get, you know, people from both sides of the, I guess, of the border to, to go to those games, you know, so. It's either I think it's either got to stay one place or the other. You know, I, I wasn't I wasn't too fond of that, about that. And and lastly, I mean, you've played in the Mexican League. What's mm -hmm. been the toughest stadium that you've ever played in? And we're and we're talking about mm -hmm. uh, crowd factor, a mm -hmm. difficult place to hit. Mm -hmm. What's been that number that number one stadium that? as a visiting player, you really disliked? Uh, well, you know what? I mean, I was a pitcher, so, you know, like, I guess the, the actual field size and stuff like that wasn't uh, something that that was that big of a deal, right? Because, you know, for, I, I didn't hit. I was, I was on the mound. But you know what? You know what? I played in Monterrey, mm -hmm. and uh, and pitching there was, was – uh, was tough, you know, getting used to because of just the the attitude, you know, the mm -hmm. the change of the change. And I remember getting there and 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 working out there on the field, and we're conditioning and then playing. And man, like it was it was tough to get accustomed to to that change. You know, it was, you, you felt like you were out of shape, and and you know you know you know that you're going in there prepared from working out here back at home, but you would get over there and, and it's like damn, it's like you're starting from from scratch because it's getting used to that altitude you know that, that it's it's a different uh, atmosphere and stuff so i think that was mainly for me one thing that i was like you know it was it was a little difficult not that you know of course the stadiums is beautiful right but mm -hmm. you know more than anything was that just uh getting getting accustomed to those kind of things out there and, and it's it's a it's a lot different you know it, it's uh i don't know if you've ever been to one of those games it, it it's more it gets more of a feel of a kind of a football game, you know, as cheerleaders out there and we got all these things going on and mm -hmm. people in the stands, you know, with drums and, you know, it, it's an awesome, oh, it's yeah. an awesome I mean, feeling, you know, awesome atmosphere compared to playing here. You know, I got to play here in the, in the States here in the independent, independent ball with the white wings, and things like that. And it's like, once you come back and play over here, it's like, Hey, where's the party at? You know, it's totally different. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, as awesome. a youngster myself, I, I went to a lot of Reynosa Bronco games and, and let me tell you the the atmosphere it is something else oh yeah oh yeah 
it is something else. It's kind of like my type of atmosphere. Yes, exactly. Like where where is this at on the other side of the border? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. But I I've got to ask you a couple of more questions and we'll end sure. it. Sure. Sure. What do you make of the city of Monterrey hosting Pacific League baseball? I know it's like two completely different animals mm-hmm. when you have your standard Mexican league in the summer mm-hmm. and then you get to play in the winter ball. What right, do you make right. of that? Well, you know what's awesome is like that you get to see, you know, it's a higher level, of course, of uh, baseball. You know, you're talking, it's, it's you know, more AAA, almost, you know, big league field. You know, you get a lot, a lot more talent out there. So, it's exciting, you know, you get to see players that, that you're probably going to get to see in the big leagues at some point, you know, in time. So it's a little more, uh, I guess, uh, higher level baseball, a little more intense. So I like it, you know, I like it because, you know, we don't get to see that, you know, down here if, uh, you know, Pacific, come getting Pacific teams to come down here. So at least Monterrey getting it there, it's kind of close to to where we're at. You know, it's you can kind of go out there and catch a game if you have if you have time and get to see those uh those interesting uh players that they got on that league. And 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 I've got to close it out with this. You know, will we ever see professional baseball in these parts of town in the Rio Grande Valley? Noting that there's that there was that <laughs> small slimmer of hope of moving it bringing that laredo franchise mm-hmm. that there was that small glimmer of hope man that, that's a tough one that's a tough one i mean i i guess i don't i don't know to what to what level you know if, if it'd be uh i guess an independent ball again or or a mexico you know something like laredo was doing i mean first of all we would need to find the stadium to that, that could hold that, that can host that. I know we have the UTRGV stadium, you know, but now it belongs to them. So it's kind of hard to have two, two uh, I guess, two seasons at one time, be it the collegiate and professional, you know, since they play pretty much at the same time. You know, the independent ball, was it was a, more of a summer league, so it kind of worked out. But if you were if you were to uh, make it a professional, professional uh, team, those seasons usually run together with the with with the collegiate season, so you know that's where it gets a little difficult to be able to have a, a stadium first of all that can that can hold that that can actually hold that crowd and and uh, and accommodate a professional team. You know, you're talking now you got to build one, and you know that's you're talking a lot of money there. So it, it's I, I honestly think it's difficult maybe. For us down here, uh, it'd have to be a big investment, you know, something, someone that would come in and, and kind of start that off. But uh, that'd be awesome. I'll tell you that. That'd be awesome. Coach, I wish you the best of luck uh, coming up this season. Uh, nothing but well wishes, and uh, we'll, we'll hope to talk to you soon. I appreciate that, Ray. Anything that you need, you know, uh, we're here. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make sure I tell Keiko that you said hi. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, i appreciate it man yeah yeah he always we we uh we see you sometimes on on uh on facebook or whatever and he and he he always uh, has good things to say about you so yeah i'll make sure i tell him that i talk to you yeah he's one of my favorite uh 
colleagues that I've, that I've ever had, you know, right. we go back uh, way back from the uh, original Edinburgh Roadrunner days. There you go. There you go. Awesome. And, awesome. and I even got to see him play a little bit in, in the Mexican ball, in the Mexican league over with uh, in, a, in a Saltillo uniform. If, Saltillo, um, yes, sir. Yes. If memory serves me correct. And then later on as a Bronco where, hey, yeah, the management style there just uh, – it gave you more head scratches than anything else. <laughs> and that's just yes. putting it kindly, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's putting it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, Coach. Many okay, thanks. Ray. All right. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Thank you. Appreciate Bye. it. Hello, sports fans. Thanks for listening to another episode of the South Texas Border Sports Podcast. This is your host, Ray Silva. Be tuned next week for another great episode as we drop podcasts every Monday here on anchor.fm forward slash STBS. Don't forget, our podcast can also be found via Google Podcast, Apple iTunes, and Spotify. Thanks for listening. <laughs>